Hi there, you're listening to the Not The Top 20 betting show. We're previewing a weekend in which we have a full slate of championship action. No league football in League 1 and League 2. All of those teams involved in the FA Cup, with the possible exception of Macclesfield, whose players are on strike, as far as I've read today, over unpaid wages. Lots of good reporting on that story if you want to find out more. That is for another podcast, I think. Uh, and with George Ellick. George, recovered, are you, from oyster issues? Yeah, just about. Um, just about through it all now. Um, found out, though, which I didn't realise, so a bit of a warning to anyone who ever finds themselves in a similar position, is apparently it's contagious, which I didn't realise. I didn't think food poisoning could be contagious. but Nor did um, I. Uh, I've looked it up. There's a whole NHS page on it about the, the illness you get from oysters. And now my better half, for want of a better a better word, is now struggling. So no, I'm fine. Um, what are you talking about? I'm absolutely fine. Uh, yeah, good point. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, on a serious note, I did literally sit opposite you two days ago to record another podcast, and for some reason have not picked up this norovirus o- oyster-based uh, illness, which says a lot about my immune system, doesn't it? It would be. It would be tonight. That's the only thing for you. If it happens, it'll be it'll be in the middle of the night tonight. Is this going to be famous last words? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, if if it's going to happen, it'll be about two o'clock in the morning uh, tomorrow morning, just before my my first weekend off of the season with no just sky before, and no just quest. Before your first run of the day, which I know you do at about three thirty. <laughs> Sure. Okay. All right. Okay. Look, um, guys, this is the the betting show. It's for over 18s only. This week is Responsible Gambling Week, uh, looking to to drive awareness, really, of how to gamble responsibly, uh, of tools available to help people gamble safely and sources of of advice and support. ResponsibleGamblingUK.org is the website to go to for that sort of stuff. I think the key messages are obvious we touch on them every now and then um and it's quite relevant that you know i've had a bit of a stinker in the last few weeks on this betting show uh, another um another blank sheet last week and and george with one winner um but we are only bet what we can afford to lose that's very very important um having a staking plan i think to keep things in place uh, not increasing your stake or decrease, you know, on a, on a whim or or when you're angry or when you're chasing losses or when you've had a drink. These things are all really, really important. But also to make sure that that punting, if it's something that you're doing recreationally, stays recreational uh, and and doesn't start to impact on your relationships with friends and family. So, um, just a, a a word of a word of warning, I suppose, a message from us to to please be aware of the uh, difficulties around gambling. George, in terms of a fairly championship-heavy weekend, we're going to pick a couple of championship selections, but also one from the FA Cup. Is that right? That is right. And what is your best selection this weekend? What's your nap? My nap has changed since I last spoke to you. My nap is straight (laughs) up Barnsley to beat Stoke on Saturday. Um, There was a lot of people talking before Friday night's game between Barnsley and Bristol City that they couldn't believe the prices. They couldn't believe that Bristol City and Barnsley were the same price for that game. And the way it played out, they were probably right, but not in the way they thought, despite the fact that Barnsley went 2-0 down. Um, they were the better team on the night. They It was two ridiculous defensive lapses from set pieces that enabled Bristol City to get two goals ahead when they did not deserve it at all on, on, the, on the way the game played out. Barnsley restricted them to absolutely nothing except for that and created their own chances and were more than good value for their point even if it came in the 94th minute 
Um, and they're playing against a Stoke team who were abysmal on Monday night against West, West Brom. And I think that given that it was Roy Delap's first game in caretaker charge, it was quick to see straight away what he's trying to do. And it was a negative change. I mean, we've said a lot that, that we thought Nathan Jones was probably doing the right thing. He wasn't getting the results he deserved. Roy Delap has gone against that and he has tried to change a lot. And he's changed the personnel, he's changed the shape, he's changed the mentality away from that high-pressing, high-energy game into a more direct game. West Brom completely ran riot over them. They couldn't handle um, the intensity of West Brom's passing game at all and created very little. And that, if they if they put in that same performance again, that's going to play completely into Barnsley's hands, who, as we saw, are very happy to play on the front foot, very happy to take the, the initiative in games and have the attacking players as well to cause teams trouble. Uh, it looks like Michael O'Neill is going to be the next Stoke manager. This, that won't happen before Saturday. He might be in the stands, but his impact here is going to be negligible. And I just, I, I think they're a massive price. I don't see Stoke as being the more likely winners. Uh, they're priced up at um, eight to five, but Barnsley are just shy of two to one. They're fifteen to eight. And I mean, Adam Murray's doing all the right things. He he's got that point against Bristol City. He got the point at West Brom. He got the point at home to Swansea and played very well in defeat against the, the informed team in the league in Huddersfield. This is comfortably his easiest assignment. Uh, I have no doubt that Stoke are going to improve, but if they put in a performance like they did on Saturday, on Monday, sorry, there's no way they should be this price. And similarly, if Barnsley put in the performance they did against Bristol City, I think this will be fairly comfortable. Um, so my nap is is Barnsley to win at nine to five. How? Sorry, at, at fifteen to eight. Okay. Is, yeah, better. Yeah. Fine, fifteen to eight, Barnsley. George, how excited were you during that Barnsley Bristol City game on the Sky coverage when it was discussed that? Uh, Adam Murray's previous role was head of analysis, uh, which certainly piqued your interest. And then the discussion on comms about how he really doesn't like any shots from, I think, outside of like 22 or 23 yards. I mean, this is XG spreadsheet nonce turned manager. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more, especially given that he's an ex-Oxford deep-lying playmaker. Uh, My cup of tea completely in a player that I used to adore watching. Um, yeah, no, he's. It's great to see. I mean, Alex Mowat was was quite flagrantly disregarding that advice <laughs> quite often in the game. But um, you know, he's someone who I think the difficulty with him is he's had two spells as a manager, um, once at Mansfield and once lower down in non-league, and neither went particularly well. So um, you can't get overly excited because he's had two cracks of the whip without much success. What I will say is going somewhere like Barnsley and being head of analysis, working for people who. Are investing in that side of the game is going to have brought him on um, as a as a as a guy as someone who understands football probably immeasurably from that time. So there's reason to believe that he would have he would be a different manager and a different coach now. Um, and the evidence that we're seeing on the pitch suggests that's that's correct. So I mean I'm, I'm happy to I'm not convinced he'll get the job long term, but in their guys at the moment I'm happy to um, to invest in them. And in very broadcasting terms, I would just like to apologise to anyone offended for the word that I used in describing uh, Adam Murray there following the phrase XG and spreadsheet. That was uh, a a quotation, I think I would say, in my defence, something that was levelled at George fairly substantially uh, this time last year, actually, generally by fans of Sunderland AFC. So apologies if uh, if that's a word that you don't like. It's not a favourite of mine either, but uh, I think it summed up the, the, the point, the situation quite well. Uh, my nap is QPR to beat Middlesbrough. They are 1.95, so just under even money, best price. It's been a tough week for 
QPR. They lost at home to Bees last Monday. They lost away at Leeds on the weekend. Um, I think we're starting to see what sort of team they are with their record against good teams and bad teams in this division. Um, Against teams 16th and below, they've won five, drawn two and lost none. And against teams above 16th in the table, they've won two and lost six. So six points from eight games against, you know, not rubbish teams and 17 points from seven games against pretty rubbish teams. So good news is they're up against Middlesbrough at home this weekend. Now, Woody might think that Middlesbrough don't deserve to be where they are. Uh, We don't agree with that, as discussed on the Monday podcast. Um, From a QPR perspective, that record, by the way, I think that doesn't see them as a, a, a real threat to the playoffs long term this season. But I think it's good enough for mid-table. That would be certainly outdoing our expectations pre-season. The fact that they're playing good football and developing young talent while doing so, I think should be seen as a, a big victory for them and a credit to the appointment of Mark Warburton and the work that he's done. So I don't mean that in a particularly negative way, but it is something that's starting to take shape the more we see them play against the the well, the supposed top teams in the division, although bees are, are actually in the bottom half. But I think everyone knows what I mean when I say that. Um, as for this weekend, well, this Borough team we know are A, quite poor, B, on form that keeps getting worse and worse, C, haven't scored for four games, D, have a really under-fire manager who is dealing with it in a, in a bullish way that might backfire. I'm not saying it will, but it might do, the way that he is handling certainly press duties at the moment, uh, is is potentially doing him more harm than good, although I can understand his frustrations and, and could never possibly understand the, the pressure that he's under. Um, in his pre-match press conference here, he was asked to update the press on injury news and he literally just went through player names and said, Justed out, Savile suspended, Friend out, Randolph out, Fletcher out, Brown out, Shotton out, and Pears, who is the young goalkeeper who's been in for Randolph, is 50-50. So, look, I mean, assuming that... Pe- Shitty Woodgate out. Oh, <laughs> wow. Your word's not mine. Um, <laughs> after this game, which I think will be a, a, a comfortable home win for a QPR team, who'll be just happy to have a slightly easier game and I think able to express themselves in a way that suits them and in a way that they weren't able to do against Brentford and Leeds. I'm going for a home win here at QPR, just under even money. That's my... Best bet of the weekend. What else have you got in the championship, George? I've got Forest um, to beat Derby at six to five. Um, this is mainly really about about Derby, who are currently one of those teams who are very very good at home. Um, they've won four on the bounce at home, three in a row to nil. But their away form is absolutely atrocious. Uh, the last five games, they've they've lost three and drawn two. Uh, the last two, they've been beaten by two teams who, you know, are no, by no means one of the two of the worst in the league, but in Charlton and Hull, um, an aggregate 5-0 defeat, not really showing anything going forward at all, um, isn't particularly good going. Whereas Forest are quite similar in that their away form is, isn't great and their home form is very good. Last time out, they were beaten by Hull 2-1, but before that, they'd done away with um, Barnsley and Brentford. And if you go further back, they dispensed very easily of Derby in the Cup 3-0 as well so a bit of form there already that they've, they've gone through this game and um, not found it particularly hard to get past a Derby team who you know in fairness had a few of the youngsters playing um, but they they by no means played, played the strongest team either 
and the Lamucci Koku matchup went to Mr. Lamucci. Um, as I've said before, I'm not entirely convinced by this Forest team. Um, the wobble they've had in form uh, in the last couple of weeks hasn't come as a massive surprise, but they are still t- um, currently fifth in the league. And um, and this is the game I think they'd expect to get something from. So taking advantage of the odds against that we're getting at six to five, um, I think that I'd back most teams against Derby at the moment at six to five. And, and Forest seem to be one who at very worst, are very solid. And we know that. And I don't think Derby are going to get much change out of them. And, um, you know, given Derby's ability, or not ability, but they're you know, conceding plenty of goals on their own and, and Forrest certainly have the attacking talent at their disposal in order to to trouble them. Um, I think that, that you know, the odds of odds of anything better than even money are, are very good indeed. So Forrest at 6-5 to five to beat Derby. And this game is live on Sky, Saturday lunchtime. George, our, uh, our beginning of our Odds Checker exclusive tipping was uh, much better than expected. We had the first winner, which was Norwood, first goal scorer, and then our second and third selections, which were both first goal scorer picks, both landed uh, as, as placed, basically, so a third of the price winner. That was a, a good start, and then a couple over the weekend that didn't win. But this weekend as well... I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure on Saturday, I was, I was basically served my oyster as the because uh, the, it was we tipped one all in the um, Wigan Swansea Wigan Swansea and I think my oyster was delivered as the Swansea goal went in so maybe that's got something to do with it that poisoned whatever was put in front of me I'm afraid I was already composing a tweet sort of celebrating another winning selection <sighs> when the goal <laughs> went in good. so I yeah. think that was that was probably me that jinxed it but um, this weekend same again George we're going to be doing uh, 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 an exclusive selection for the Sky Games because there's a game on Sunday as well. Uh, and one for the three PMs as well. Just uh, just remind me of the details around that. Um, yeah. So if you if you go to our pin tweet on Twitter um, and download the Odds Checker app from there, um, we'll be putting up our exclusive tips probably tomorrow. So there'll be one each for the Sky Games, one for the three o'clock kickoff. So you can only read them on the Odds Checker app as well. So you've got to click on that link to download it. Um, and yeah, I'll be I'll be putting them up tomorrow. A lot of thought goes into them as well. They're not just off the cuff stuffs. Uh, bigger prices than maybe the things you get on here as well. So um, please do download them and let us know any feedback you have about the app as well. Um, you can connect all of your betting accounts to it. So definitely something worth having, worth having. Yeah, always worth trying to find best price on whatever you're punting this weekend. My second championship selection is at Sheffield Wednesday to beat Swansea at home at 2.25. This will be Gary's, Gar- Gary's Monks? Gary Monks <laughs> first. <laughs> this will be his uh, what am I talking about? This will be Gary. Sorry. This will be Gary Monk's tenth game in charge of Sheffield Wednesday. His tenth league game, I should say. Uh, and I think we can now say uh, that he's doing a very good job. Uh, nine games, four wins, three draws, and two defeats. Only six goals conceded total in those nine league games. Uh, two of them in the last few minutes at Blackburn last weekend. So uh, a really good start defensively under Gary Monk, potentially something that we could have predicted given his strengths and some of his former teams at this level. Um, but not just that, they have been creating chances, not loads and loads. They're not one of the league's great attacking forces, but enough to put them second in XG ratio in the last eight games per the Fox Punter ratings uh, in the whole division. So uh, 
you know, below Leeds, who basically top every metric going and have done for about 18 months now, uh, they are, you know, they've been doing very well, just below them uh, in terms of the data in the last uh, month or two. Um, and uh, that's why I'm quite happy to have them on side here. Uh, Swansea are, well, they have an excellent away record, which is the obvious concern here. Uh, they've won four and drawn three. They haven't lost away from home yet this season, which is very surprising, very impressive. But also, I'm a little bit suspicious. I think it looks a bit better than performances. It's one of them. And that's really what you're looking for, isn't it? There, uh, when, you, when you're punting, they've nicked a lot of late winners. Um, and the data shows that on the quality and quantity of chances created in, in Swansea's away games, they have been... Frankly, quite lucky to pick up the amount of points that they have. They've they've been, you know, they've obviously got a special spirit under Steve Cooper, and they they've been doing very well at, at nicking late goals um, when essentially when under the cosh for large parts of games. And I kind of feel like with Sheffield Wednesday's very good defensive um, uh, efficiency, this could be quite a tight game. Uh, but I'm leaning towards Sheffield Wednesday for the win here. So Sheffield Wednesday two point two five. At home to Swans is my second championship pick. So we've got FA Cup and uh, and bonus bets to come, George. The first FA Cup selection of the season. Where are you going? Uh, it's, it's a it's an all League One clash between one of the teams struggling for survival and one of the teams looking well currently top of the table. Um, and it's a game we're going to see again in the league next weekend. It is Wickham against Tranmere. Wickham are seven and five. Um, this is pretty easy. Gareth Ainsworth said in his post match interview after the win. On the weekend, that he had so many players still in his squad that weren't getting game time that he wanted to bring in. Uh, and this is certainly a chance for those players to come in and try and prove their worth alongside, you know, a, a club just really riding the crest of a wave at the moment. For Tranmere, it's all about survival. And I think for Mickey Mellon, this is a game that he, I mean, <laughs> if you offered him either winning this or getting a point next Saturday, I think he'd probably take the point and the loss. Um, and in that respect, I, I, I would have thought they're not going to put out the strongest team. I'd have thought that he'd be happy to, to send out some young players and uh, and see what happens. So given that Wickham are the same price for this as they are for next Saturday, I'd rather back them here. I think there'd be a bet for next Saturday anyway. Um, so it's 7-5 for a game that I just can't see Chamia being particularly up for um, or really prioritising a victory to, in order to, to clock, further clog up their fixture list in what is now you know looking like it's going to be a relegation scrap. Um, Wickham at 7-5 is my FA Cup bet. Let's hope for your sake that uh, Russian Hetman Murphy doesn't continue his Michael Owen impression that lasted 90 minutes last weekend in this one. Yeah, my FA Cup selection is... FA Cup. <laughs> FA Cup, exactly. Yeah, FA Cup. Oh, FA from Skins. You remember her? Wonderful. A wonderful Ooh. character. But it's the FA Cup that we're talking about. And Accrington to beat Crew Alexandra is my selection. 2.42, which really caught my eye, I must admit. Uh, League One team at home to League Two team. And while Crew are towards the top end of League Two, um, you have certainly expressed some doubts over them being a really, really good team uh, at League Two level. Uh, and recent results have... Well, they've only won two of their last five. They lost at home to Port Vale last week. Um, they haven't necessarily been performing like a, a title challenger over the last three weeks or so. Um, and I also think that even if they are up there uh, and many of the teams around them, I don't think the top teams in League Two this season are at the same level as 
Lincoln, Berry, MK Dons, Mansfield last season. Now that may change over the next 15 games or so. The the way that one or two teams will potentially rise from the pack might change that opinion. But I think I said it first quite early on in the season and I've seen nothing to change that opinion at this stage. For Accrington, there's kind of two parts of this to me. The data's really good for Accrington Stanley recently. Uh, fourth best in League One XG ratio over the last eight games per Fox Punter data. The, the results haven't necessarily reflected that. Of course, a, a, an impressive win against Ipswich is included in that. But a couple of disappointing results, uh, especially losses to Rochdale and to Gillingham. Uh, certainly the Gillingham game went against the sharp data, went against the, the flow of the game, that's for sure. They had plenty of chances to win that. And just in general, they've looked like a really good attacking team, which is impressive given that Billy Key's not been available this season, uh, given that a lot of their signings are unheralded non-league players or, or youngsters on loan. So lots of good being done at Accrington still. I think that they look like they will, in my eyes, they... I don't think they will be dragged into a relegation battle, which they kind of were towards the end of last season. I think that they will be a League One team next year, and I think that that is a continued, genuinely astonishing achievement that we probably don't talk about enough. I think that we've taken it for granted almost. But the second part of this is, for Accrington Cup competitions are really important. Uh, anyone who follows Andy Holt on Twitter, their chairman, will have got from him a greater insight into how to run a an EFL club sustainably uh, than you will have got from anywhere else until, of course, we co-produced that wonderful show on BBC Radio 5 Live just a few weeks ago with Mark Palios and Kieran Maguire and Mark Chapman. But Andy Holt is a, is a great resource and, and, and his transparency should be applauded. And what I know from following Andy Holt on Twitter and hanging on his every word is that John Coleman follows a, a tight budget that keeps the club sustainable, that doesn't overextend them uh, and, and threaten the future of the club financially. And he's very happy to do that. But Andy Holt's been very clear that a way of boosting the playing budget is by boosting the football fortune. Now, that is essentially things like player sales and cup competition revenue. Andy Holt has always said that he's happy to invest whatever the team makes through player sales and through cup runs back into the team. So for Coleman, this the, these are huge opportunities really to help grow this Accrington team and try to, to keep them moving up the food chain, having done that so well over the last few years. So there'll be absolutely no complacency from an Accrington point of view. I'm fairly sure of that. Uh, they're at home to this crew team who, despite being towards the top of League Two, I don't rate hugely highly. And uh, I think it's a good chance for Accrington to move into the hat for round two. So that is my FA Cup selection, which leaves us with bonus selections. George, take it away. Yeah, my bonus selection is just a four to one team to win a game. Wow. Uh, that's all it is. Just Huddersfield to beat Preston at, at fours. Um, I mean, Huddersfield, what can you say about the, the job that the Cowleys are doing? Um, it, I think the reason why this price is there is because it's unlikely that we're going to see this run continue the way it has done. Um, but the results have been brilliant. And the reason why I'm happy to side with them is that they went to, in my opinion, the, the form team in the league, possibly the class team in the league in Brentford, and completely shut them down. Worked out a way to stop their front three from firing. Um, didn't create much themselves, but the four chances they created were good ones. And, you know, he said uh, Cowley's been full of praise for Carl and Grant, and rightly so, because they've got an elite striker at championship level playing for them. They go to a Preston team who have scored a ridiculous amount of goals at home. They're pretty much the best team at home in the league. 
Um, but if you have no doubt that the Cowardies will come here with a plan of how to stop Preston. And I think that the task they've got ahead of them um, on on Saturday isn't as tough as the task they had against them last Saturday um, in terms of the sheer quality of the, of the opposition. I'm a massive fan of this Preston team and Alex Neal's doing a brilliant job. Um, but I, I, I don't think they're going to maintain this level of form throughout the season. Um, so, and I think Huddersfield, I mean, if you, if you look at the the experience of the squads, if you look at the squads on paper, the cost of the squads, the, the wages of the squads, Huddersfield's should eclipse Preston's. And that's not always the way to look at it. But over time, I think that these two teams are going to end up the season closer than they are now. And 4-1 to one against about Huddersfield is got to be a bit of value here. Um, for the Cowleys to to do a job on Preston again and and uh, and get the three points. Great to see a write-up in the Examiner, the local Hull newspaper, or rather website for the newspaper. Lovely bit of NTT20 coverage in there following your ode, or our ode, to the Cowley brothers on what was the Tuesday pod. So thank you to, to Stephen Chicken, the writer covering Huddersfield for the examiner there uh, for that. My bonus selection is Julian Berner, who is the Sheffield Wednesday centre-back, the the big German first goal scorer, 33-1. to Now, I'm well aware that we are now on betting show 15 of the season, uh, that I haven't yet got one of these up, but the fact that I think everyone I've selected has been at least 28 to 1, generally 33 to 1, occasionally 40 or 50, means I really do, I don't feel under any pressure, George. I just, I've got time. I've got time to get this right. I feel like I'm knocking on the door. Uh, I, I believe in my process. And I'm a big process guy, you know. You know me. You know I am. So this is this is all fine for me. While the haters might be talking behind my back about these CB selections, I am still all in. And if you take the centre-backs that have played over a 1,000 minutes so far in the Championship, the most consistent threats going forward in the opposition box are Pedersen of Birmingham, Dunkley, of course, of Wigan, Flint of Cardiff, Ayala of Middlesbrough, and Berner of Sheffield Wednesday. That's based on uh, XG per 90, if you're interested, and that was from Scout. So, uh, interesting to know who the, the sort of big threats are. Curtis Nelson looks a threat, uh, but he hasn't played too many minutes. There's a couple of others, Hutchinson of Millwall, who's perhaps a little underrated alongside the gargantuan Jake Cooper. Um, but I'm going for Berner this weekend. I've already spoken about Sheffield Wednesday, Swansea. I think Wednesday will shade it. I can't see it being a high-scoring game. I think it'll be a tight affair. We know that they are putting a an onus on aerial battles and their aerial strength this season uh, with Fletcher up front, Nuiu who comes off the bench uh, and Berner is a, a, a someone who well, he's already scored first once this season uh, live on Sky against Cardiff and I'm backing him at 33s to do the same here. He scored in Bundesliga 2. Uh, he scored 15 goals in 145 games so basically one in 10 uh, he scored four in 25 in the third tier there as well. He's got one in 14 so far for Sheffield Wednesday. So as centre-backs go, you know, that sort of one in 10 uh, goal rate is very, very impressive. And I think he's a big threat. So I'm looking forward to celebrating this on the weekend. Thank you, George. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you've enjoyed this NTT20 betting show. Um, we're certainly interested in any feedback you have on the show anything you'd like us to do to make it better, to make it more interesting, uh, more fun, more informative, whatever, let us know at NTT20pod on Twitter if you are able to share this podcast 
with a retweet or sending the link to a friend or anything like that, we would be hugely grateful. And we look forward to recapping the weekend again on Monday. We'll talk to you then, barring any oyster-related incidents.